talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. Wow. Hello, and welcome to It's Good Except It Sucks, a movie by movie and television series by television series hurtled through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This time, we're taking a look at Inhumans, first seen in September 2017, when, if you wanted to look clever in front of your friends, you could watch Pickler and Ben, The Opposition with Jordan Klepper, or Mike Judge Presents Tales from the Tour Bus instead. I'm Tim Worthington, and we'll be finding out what I made of Inhumans shortly. Meanwhile, Joining us to give his thoughts on the humans is podcaster Phil Catterall. Phil, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Phil5000. I always think at, at. You need to, but then that's a Star Wars vehicle. That's not the, not the thing. Or at Don't Let's Chart on Twitter, which is a podcast that I do with Ben Baker, formerly of this parish. And you did actually do once in that a top 10 of the worst Marvel superheroes. But I'm wondering if we're going to find out if your opinion on that has changed after watching Inhumans. But before we go further, <laughs> Phil, what happens in the humans? Right. So the Inhuman royal family who live in a city on the moon are deposed in a bloodless coup by, oh no, it's not that bloodless, by the king's brother, Maximus, and flee to Hawaii and hijinks ensue? Question mark. Definitely a number of things happen in Hawaii, whether you want them to or not. So yeah, it's... There's a lot going on in this one, Tim. I know I said this when we did Iron Man 3, but there's even more going on here. Well, I'm looking forward to the answers to this then. Phil, how much did you know about the Inhumans before you saw this show? Well, interestingly, I, I, interestingly, I, I did know a reasonable amount. So there was an alternate universe Marvel series called Earth X that revolved quite a lot around the Inhumans and Terrigen Mists and things like that. So the Inhuman royal family feature heavily in that. And there was also a, I think, a 12-part series in about 2013 by Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee just called Inhumans which the start of this cribs quite heavily from and then picks bits of it at random to go oh we'll do that bit as well seemingly so I knew I knew a reasonable amount I knew like who the the main characters were and what their whole deal was which meant on a couple of occasions I did have to go but that's not how what they do works (laughs) so so just enough to be annoyed I think is the the, the correct level of knowledge for me here. Well, I knew enough to be annoyed in a very different way because my background with them is I used to read the Fantastic Four comic, the UK edition, a mm-hmm. lot as a child. And yeah. quite often in it, the Fantastic Four would have to go off on a mission and you think, oh, this is going to be quite exciting. Are they going to go and see Black Panther or are they going to go to space or whatever? Time after time, I would turn the page and think, oh, not them! Not that stupid dog and that drippy girl <laughs> and that oh woe is me man who can't talk i hated them i should have loved them because you know let's just get this out of the way medusa technically their second in command is a voluptuous lady with uncontrollable red hair that can attack men so yeah that, that was always calculated rap, yeah. to appeal to me but i just couldn't stand them and that's why i loved it when because before this the Inhumans, after a fashion, turned up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They did, yeah. From the start of Series 2, where they found a really interesting new way of doing them, which was just that S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of stumbled across them while they were trying to retrieve an artefact that I think 
Peggy Carter commandeered it from Hydra in the Second World War and Hydra were trying to get it back and it yeah, turned yeah. out that long story short the Inhumans were the Kree who were an alien race who featured very heavily in Marvel are starting to feature in the films more had thought maybe we can make humans into warriors it didn't quite work they left people with the genetic marker got passed down blah de blah de blah so S.H.I.E.L.D. found them in the present as people who had abilities unpredictable abilities but were trying to stay undetected yeah. out the line like that worked really well it turned out one of them Daisy was in the human as well or rather Quake as she then became but they obviously thought this is great let's do a series based on the classic comic in humans and yeah you can imagine my face when I read that news <laughs> I mean, especially when you learn who was going to be uh, showrunning it in the form of the guy that did Iron Fist. Yeah, I don't Chip. understand that. They took him off Iron Fist because it... I mean, this is quite an important thing, really. I will say a lot in defence of Iron Fist, even of Series 1. Yeah. I will defend Series 1 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as not quite there, but getting there. Yeah, no, yeah, I've got yeah. positive things to say about The Incredible Hulk, Thor The Dark World, Avengers Age of Ultron. This, I've just got nothing positive to say about it. It's just... It's worse than bad. It's just there. There is something. So my my impression in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when they brought the Inhumans into it was they really wanted to use the X-Men. Yeah. They really wanted mutants, but Fox still had the license. And the impression that I get from Inhumans is they started doing this. And then as they were making it, the deal to buy out Fox went through and suddenly all the money fell out of the bottom of Inhumans and any interest in using them for anything. <laughs> because if you've got the X-Men back, you'd want to use them for this sort of thing, wouldn't you? And also you can tell the money ran out because this was my biggest problem with it. Almost straight away, they have Medusa's hair shaved off, you know, yep. her sentient tactile hair, so they don't have to use that expensive effect in the rest of the series. Now, there are good ways of tackling things you can't afford to do. I mean, there are things like, in Jessica Jones' attend, it was a running joke that we don't actually see her fly. Yeah. And she says things like, it's just structured falling when, you know, anyone asks <laughs> about it. In Guardians of the Galaxy, they made the decision that the outset that because there was so much going on they couldn't have an animal actor as well so they just had Cosmo the Space Dog doing a cameo which is enough enough for people who knew who he was to say hooray yeah and you know it didn't matter that he he what was I saying he about Cosmo the Space Dog for that he wasn't (laughs) in it but this it just felt like an absolute cheat it was almost like they were whipping the fact that the woman who can whip you in the face with a hair wouldn't be whipping you in the face with a hair yeah I was I was gonna say that the scene with Maximus getting rid of Medusa's hair is in that comic that I talks about the, the Paul Jenkins one but it's it's like the end of the second act start of the third act so it's it's kind of a big deal at that point and also in the comic he does it with scissors whereas in this he seems to have bought some hair clippers from <laughs> like boots or something they don't look particularly futuristic or spacey it's like where where did you get those max where did they come from because it just it doesn't it's a weird thing to be annoyed about but it doesn't fit with the aesthetic of anything else in that moon city oh also gorgon whose main power is having goat legs they just have him put shoes on halfway through the first episode and then you they never render those legs again do they it's it's just he's he's wearing shoes And I guess Triton was difficult to do as well because he was green. So let's sort of nearly kill him at the start of the first episode and have him reappear in like the last two. Anything that would have been significant effort over and above Lockjaw is just kind of done away with as quickly as possible, which is tiresome. We should just say for anyone who doesn't know, Lockjaw is a teleporting dog. Yeah. See, I, I like the idea of Lockjaw. And I think it's one of the few things in this that's actually rendered well. Unfortunately, it's ruined by the fact that near enough every single time he's on screen, he's near 
Crystal, who is rubbish. She's rubbish. She's absolutely rubbish. She is. And I think that's the point where we should talk about trying to work out who this was aimed at. Because my view is that apparently they intended it to be kind of like a family drama. But my take on it is it looks like something that initially they were trying to do something for kind of the sort of audience that, you know, might not have got to see Ant-Man, but would watch Desperate Housewives. It's that kind of thing. But then they thought, oh, hang on. What about the lucrative nerd market? We'd better make it a bit more <laughs> tedious and dull. And they did. And it just doesn't seem to be aimed at anyone in particular. It's probably worth saying then, in the first episode, the main cast are sort of scattered. I'd say to the four winds, but it's all Hawaii. They don't go anywhere other than Hawaii. Karnak ends up with a bunch of people growing drugs, I think. Gorgon, I can't quite work out who the group of people he ends up with are, even though I only watched this like three days ago. He ends up with a a group of freedom fighters, but I'm not sure what they're fighting for freedom from. That seems unclear. Black Bolt ends up in the middle of a city and has some hilarious fish-out-of-water moments where he steals some clothes and then is arrested. That's pretty much it. And Medusa's just kind of wandering about. She's not... (laughs) I don't know. She meets a friendly scientist who wants to go to the moon. That's her character arc. She comes to term with not having her hair fairly quickly. Fairly quickly. She adapts fairly quickly. It doesn't seem like she had that much use for the hair, the way the series treats her. But yeah, each of... Oh, and then Crystal meets a a boy. And... I, I don't know. As you say, all of these things are, are a different tone entirely to each other. And they've just mashed them all into one thing. There's bits of it that feel like the old late 90s, early noughties, soft focus sci-fi things that you'd get on Sky One or on yeah. BBC Two at six o'clock, like Roswell. Roswell is the one that sprung immediately to mine. Or Roswell High, depending on which season you're watching. It's something a bit incredible, hulky about the Black Bolt stuff in terms of the he's on the run and... That sort of thing. I don't know what the Karnak stuff is supposed to be. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Karnak obviously is played by Ken Leung, who yeah. this started to ring alarm bells for me. Was watching it. He's in it. Henry Ying Kuzak is in it. Yeah. It's largely filmed in Hawaii. And yeah. think, oh my God, stop bringing Lost into it. We do not need something reminding people of Lost. I did think as soon as I saw Henry Ian Cusick's name in it, I did think, wait, is he contractually obligated to appear in anything that's in Hawaii? Did he move to Hawaii <laughs> and now everything that films there hires him? I'm not sure why he's... And he's clearly doing the sort of the John Hanna in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type role, but he's doing it... He doesn't get enough screen time to do anything with it, really, does he? He, You don't get anything particularly interesting. He just dies at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I welcome you all to our Terragenesis ceremony, a sacred touchstone of our civilization that allows the true nature of the individual to be revealed. We are the change that we seek. Marvels and Humans, debuting in IMAX September 1st. Get tickets now. Premiering September 29th, ABC. And also, I've got massive problems with Maximus, who isn't a bad character in the comics. But here, I don't know what was going on, but the portrayal here is halfway between Timothy Claypole from Rent-A-Ghost and the (laughs) Mark Heap character out of Jam, who he even looks quite like as well. He looks like the bloke who says, Mr. Lizard. That's it, yeah. (laughs) I, I because agree. of that he's not really th- well he's, he would be threatening in a different way if Mark he played him like that which is you know a good idea if you're going to reboot it which we'll come back to but no it's 
I don't know why they went with the angle of Maximus as, oh, he did his pterogenesis thing and he became human. That's not that's not what that doesn't it doesn't have to match the comic. I know it doesn't have to match the comic, but Maximus's whole deal was that he went through pterogenesis. It didn't look like anything had happened. And then he gradually turned out over time to have psychic powers and was then driven mad by Black Bolt shouting at something, which is an even more convoluted version of how his parents died. That also involved the Kree. So I understand why they didn't do that. You would have had to bring the Kree into it fairly early on and no one wants to do that. So the stuff on Atalan as well looks incredibly cheap like the scenes where crowds are being addressed there's like about eight people standing (laughs) in in a hole this is supposed to be the oppressed underclass that are doing all the manual labor and there's literally about 10 of them and we know that they're the underclass because they are standing in a hole it's it's really not good and the thing was they clearly thought it was going to be massive i mean the first thing is do you know what it was actually chosen over by abc i don't there was a pilot for marvel's most wanted which would have been oh that was the bobby Bird and lance hunter from agents of shield teaming up with dominic fortune who's a kind of 40 cinema style marvel adventurer who was a great character you know a kind of swashbuckling cinema serial type that would have been fantastic i remember the big send-off they gave those two characters in agents yeah. of shield it was a big deal that they were leaving but it was like okay well we know they're getting their own spin-off and then no 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 spin-off for you yeah abc turned it down in favor of inhumans and the initial plan was to show each episode premiere each episode in imax cinemas yeah that lasted two weeks i pity anyone who went to see that there were talks in promotional interviews about how they were developing Black Bolt sign language and they saw it as catching on like Klingon or Dothraki. And like, you know, good luck with that. You know, Klingon took about 20 odd years to become a thing anyway. Yeah. And it got to the stage where I've only found secondhand reports of this, but apparently Chloe Bennett, who played Daisy in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., was asked, are you going to be appearing <laughs> in Inhumans? She said, there are no plans to feature Daisy in Inhumans. <laughs> <laughs> that is proper shade if she actually did say yeah, that. that, that but is... Uh, that, is, that also is somebody saying, I don't want to associate myself with that. Thank you very much. It's impressive how quickly Marvel walked back the idea that it was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spin-off and just went, oh no, it's its own thing. It's just over there. It's over there. And this was like, before it was coming out it's like oh no you're already distancing yourself from this this is going to be bad but yeah anyone that saw this in IMAX the special effects are so ropey they would look dreadful on a, a house size screen you know the, the one or two shots that we get of Medusa's hair are terrible in this there's such a low amount of effort gone into it and yeah no I it was bad enough watching it on my quite big TV. Never mind. <laughs> in an IMAX. Yeah. See, it, it seems like they've sort of completely disassociated from it now. I don't think we're going to see any of it back. And Anson Mount has got better things to do now anyway, as he's Captain Pike in, well, Star Trek Discovery and then whatever the new series is called that I can't remember. And also, I'll give him absolute credit for this. Apparently, there's a long story about when Vin Diesel was doing the voice for group for the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy film. Mm. He apparently said, Oh, if you're ever going to do anything with Black Bolt, I loved him when I was a kid. Could I play him? And there was right. a kind of um, mm, awkward shuffling silence. <laughs> but apparently now, Anson Mount was recently asked about the future of, you know, Black Bolt and the humans, and he basically said, Ah, let him do it again. Let him have another go and let Vin Diesel do it. I thought, top marks to him for that. 
I mean, I am not big on recasting. I would rather they, to be honest, they just forgot about it. To be honest, they did try to forget about it because for years you couldn't get hold of this. It's now on Disney Plus and Amazon Prime, but it was never commercially released and it kind of disappeared. And I wonder if they will ever reboot the Inhumans in any way. Because I said, they've got the X-Men now. They're now doing the Eternals as well. And I think they're going in a different direction with it. It looks like they're going to be bringing Sword in to replace Shield. So there's going to be a lot more up in space. And there's people doing Kung Fu. There's, <laughs> well, there's two Far East and Middle East set movies coming out. So I don't know where the humans are going to fit in, unfortunately, for Vin Diesel. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I don't know. I think there's a lot that doesn't work, and I think, but aside from the actress playing Crystal, I don't think it's a bad cast. No, I think Serinda Swan as Medusa is really, really good. It's just they yeah. get so little to do. Yeah, she wanders around and occasionally like points a gun at people, and then there's some kung fu. I also don't understand why Triton, who you know lives in water, he's a really like matrix style kung fu expert it doesn't it doesn't seem particularly congruous with someone that would move well underwater that yeah well fair enough whatever it did it was just like oh i guess they've got the fish guy now i wonder how his powers are going. oh we can just he just cuts people cuts people with knives okay that's that's fine <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a good cast, and I, I saw Anson Mount in Discovery before I saw him in this, so I was already fairly sure he was going to do Black Bolt as much justice as he could have done. And I think he's fine. It's just he's not served by the material or the sets or the special effects or <laughs> or anything. <laughs> I think it doesn't help as well that. There's so little connection to the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, it's part of it. You know, Mm. it's definitely part of it. But there's very little. I mean, you even notice things. I've recently noticed. I've gone mad and started trying to watch them all in story order. Oh, no. Why would you do that? Well, you notice things like there is set up in a vague sense of the first Guardians of the Galaxy film and the first two episodes of Series 2 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. That isn't really overstated. It's just, you know, all kinds of things like that come to light. I hadn't yeah. noticed until I rewatched that there's a brief reference to the warehouse from the Defenders in the first series of Daredevil. All okay. kinds of things like that. But this just doesn't have really any of the... I imagine they would have put in crossover things as they went on. But, you know, given that the cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. were saying, no thanks, mate. I don't know <laughs> if it would have happened. But it's almost like it's completely out on its own and it makes me feel sorry for it in a very slight way yeah it, it is everything else has got at least a connection to one other thing and they don't even really like mention the Cree creating the Inhumans or anything it seems like they really just wanted to put this thing in its own box so that if it went wrong they could just push that box into the sea and pretend <laughs> that nothing happened it is a shame they could have done more with it if they'd hewn closer to that comic series which does more with the class system other than tell you that there is one and that it's bad that does does more with maximus being genuinely like he's brilliant but also distressingly mad and yeah there's a lot that goes on in that that they've lifted bits but not enough to save what this was because they were clearly determined to make a soap opera set in hawaii Uh, Well, what would you like to see them do with the Inhumans going forward? Because my kind of view is, I admit I have my own problems with the Inhumans, but I don't especially want them to reboot it full stop. I would be happy to see some of them turn up. Well, I mean, the Fantastic Four are on their way now, so you could feasibly have Medusa and Crystal. Maybe, I know you won't like this, but maybe even play by the same cast, you know, appearing alongside them. What's the 
it's, take say, on that, though. It's, only, it's only Crystal that I have a problem with the <laughs> casting of. And to be honest, maybe if she was given more to do other than nothing, she would have been better. But I didn't get the impression that she was, you know, capable of elevating the material, even though it didn't deserve it. So I d- in recent years in the comics, there's been like kind of a, a war between the Inhumans and the X-Men because there's a lot similar about them, but there's enough different that you can imagine them having serious issues with each other. The sort of more egalitarian nature of the X-Men in terms of, well, anyone could be one of us and the Inhumans are a lot more standoffish. Something with that now that Marvel's got those rights back to play with we don't need to try and integrate the existing x-men continuity i think it's fine for that to be finished now yes um <laughs> and yeah by all means recast if you need to i don't think there's a huge problem with it you know we recast the hulk early on and that was fine you can swap people around it's all fine can we recast martin freeman as well while we're at it let's just get someone else in there. i i will only <laughs> say i'm just nervous about them recasting all the netflix characters which i do not want even iron fist no i will defend the fact that the defenders was just them punching a building which is fantastic fine by me there is absolutely a difference between hey this all over here worked and we're not going to keep doing the same thing but let's see what bits we can lift from it and just jettisoning all the baggage of the inhumans because very <laughs> little worked like i say the thing that worked the best was some of the casting and again you're not going to get anderson mount back now he's he's going to be pretty busy <laughs> So yeah, that I, I would do something if you're going to bring the X-Men into the universe that would be a good opportunity to do something there with it. Okay, well there's only one thing left for me to ask now, which is Phil if you had the voice to shatter solid objects what would you use it for? What would I use it for? Um... I mean, I'd obviously go and yell at someone. I don't know. I'm just going to go yell at Downing Street. There we go. Both addresses on Downing Street. <laughs> let's let's just knock those down. That'll be fine. You could take the EU side in the negotiations. <laughs> and just keep just keep pointing at the treaty. Just not saying anything. Just pointing. Just pointing. <laughs> Phil, thank you. And Excelsior. Excelsior. If you've enjoyed this... Don't forget you can find more editions of It's Good Except It Sucks and plenty more besides, including details of my book Can't Help Thinking About Me, at timworthington.org.